I know there's a lot that you don't know. I know there's a lot that you don't understand. I'm here to fix that. My God. I thought you were dead. Well, she looks pretty lively to me. Welcome to Who Are You? It's a Babylon 5 watchcast by a couple of former strangers, now friends, who are continuing to get to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Laura. And I'm Jafer. And today we're asking, who should play John Sheridan? Yeah, a little fan recasting. Still no news on our reboot, but we're going to continue this bit out of raw optimism. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just this unfiltered optimism over here hoping that we will get this someday if i can have one outlet of optimism in my life it's going to be this fan casting and by that mm. i mean i have one outlet of optimism in my life and it's this fan casting <laughs> boy that's dark <laughs> i eh, hope you have other outlets to fear i do <laughs> but yeah so it's a. Uh... Zaha Doom is a big Sheridan episode, which yeah. is what we're here to talk about today. So it seemed appropriate to recast our captain. And uh, yeah, who do you have in mind, Laura? What are you thinking? Well, so John Sheridan's a hard one, right? <laughs> yeah. In my head at first, I thought to myself, well, who's a real Bill Pullman type? Because I think there's a very, very good connection between like Bruce Boxleitner and Bill Pullman vibes, right? I'm not the only yeah, one feel who that. feels this. Okay. And so I just started out Googling Bill Pullman, and I found out he's got a son that is in the right age range to play John Sheridan. Okay. So I was looking at Lewis Pullman. He's recently been in Top Gun Maverick, apparently, and also played Major, 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 Major in Catch-22. So I was okay. like, hey. I watched Military that. stuff. We can He can do this, right? He's, he's got military chops here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need him to, like, fluff up his hair more, though. He doesn't have fluffy enough hair for a John Sheridan for me in a lot of these headshots that I'm looking at. So we'll have to figure out some styling. Fluffy hair also factors into my fan cast. And I really appreciate yeah. that you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want him to have, like, uh, the other actor that I looked at was Adam Scott. Because he's got some good swoopy doos in some Whoa. of his work, right? Yeah. He's got the second swoopiest hair in Parks and Rec. Yeah. Of course, second only to John Ralphio. (laughs) John Ralphio, my fave. (laughs) So I'm thinking, you know, if we can't get Lewis Pullman's hair right, maybe we have to go with Adam Scott. But what about you, Jafar? Well, so I had originally, like when we first talked about this bit, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know exactly who I want to fan cast as Sheridan. Like this was the, like when we talked about doing fan casting, I'm like, I want Olivia Wilde as John Sheridan. Right. <laughs> and it's in my head. And this was a while ago now. Yeah. And we're going to do research on Olivia Wilde to talk about this bit, having figured, Oh, I've got this one in the bag. This is going to be the easiest cold open. I found out she's actually said some really terrible shit. Ugh. <laughs> That's the She's apparently worst. very homophobic from what I was able to find online. She said some really homophobic stuff. So no, you don't get my fan cast anymore, Olivia Wilde, for that reason. So womp womp. that was a bummer. So then I'm like, okay, well, I've got to think about who I want to be my captain. And my immediate yeah. first thought, of course, is Anson Mount, who I always want to be my captain. Yeah. Oh, captain, my captain, Anson Mount. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. He's great in Strange New Worlds, and I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. He'd be great as John Sheridan. But in the interest of not just projecting my dreams into reality and maybe picking something that is a little bit more grounded and also a little bit closer to what I originally wanted to do, because I thought it'd be fun to do Olivia Wilde because of Tron and Tron Legacy. So I want someone who's got some like 20 year old sci-fi chops Mm -hmm. that was kind of a young hotshot in a movie 
And now we can see them progressed into a more mature role. I did go for something a little bit more military than Tron. I'm okay. thinking Starship Troopers. And I'm thinking Casper Van Dyne. Oh, okay. He's yeah. got the swoopy hair. He has not said anything terrible I could find over with about five minutes of Googling. I'm from Buenos Aires, and I say kill them all. And he's, he's yeah. got the look. Yeah. Full disclosure, I didn't Google to see if Lewis Pullman was problematic. I just am coasting off of the Bill Pullman vibes, so hopefully he's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Casper Van Dyne's okay. got the look. Definitely has the background. Has done a lot of really terrible sci-fi movies and stuff mm -hmm. and like just B-movie acting. And I feel like I feel like he could do a really good job with it, given something that's got a little bit more seriousness to it. Like there are instances, uh, and I'm sure we can all think of something like this, where a great actor can elevate dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like a, a great actor can take shitty dialogue and make it great and yeah. a great writer can take a not as high caliber actor and elevate them with great dialogue written for them yeah sure sure and i don't want to like shit on casper van dyne but he <laughs> is like a b plus player at best you know yeah He's, he's not out here getting Oscars for best actor. He's not someone who you think of when you're like, who elevates their craft? You know, he's not a Juan Carlo Esposito, you know, who can mm -hmm. take drool and make it interesting. So I think having someone like JMS in his corner would allow him to elevate his craft to the next level. Yeah, I'm looking at, you know, just the basic Wikipedia here, and I'm seeing that he not only rode the Starship Troopers train, he rode it all the way to Starship Troopers 3, which can't be great. <laughs> it's not. I've watched all those movies. Okay. There's a lot of really, really bad ones. There's a, I think the 2 was not great, 3 was bad, the animated one was real rough. But yeah. Guess for Van Dyne. That's my pick. Yeah. I like it. All right. Well, lacking a good segue, I will. I do want to call out that this episode was directed by Adam Nimoy, which I thought was super fun. Oh, really? Yeah. I can see why we had Adam on this one, because it needed a strong director, and I think we got one. Yeah, there's, for sure, there's lots of very uh, wide, open, kind of very scenic style shots that I think his... His eye lends itself well, too. We've got season three, episode 22, Zaha Dumb. Did I say that right? <laughs> Zaha Dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I'm, I'm going to let myself make that once. It, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it looks like, right? Yeah. Nailed it. Nah. <laughs> season three episode 22 Zaha Doom <laughs> yeah so we get a last time on as we yeah. open we see where we left off in the last episode Anna Sheridan showing up in the middle of the night uh, mm -hmm. Delenn breaks the snow globe and then we all are shocked and awed yeah. <gasps> that Anna's here Anna Sheridan we get some flashbacks to the Icarus and Mr. Morton reminding us how dead Anna is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that good look for Sheridan episode comes back up. Yep. Yeah. So then once once we've wrapped up the the past there a little bit, Sheridan's just kind of slack jawed staring at Anna. Um mm -hmm. and she's kind of a jerk, like right off. She's so the lens just like nope and gets the hell out of there. That's fair. Which good on her. <laughs> I, I got to imagine I would do the exact same thing in a similar situation. Just like, yeah. you guys got some shit to figure out. I don't need to be here for that. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> there was a minute where it looked like John was going to try and stop her. Like he goes to, and then he just stops himself. Mm -hmm. That is the right move. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, if she was thinking, if Dylan was really thinking about it, like, the only way this person is back here is somehow related to this big enemy that we're fighting. Like, yeah. maybe you shouldn't leave. <laughs> like, should you leave him alone with her? I don't know. But <laughs> I get it. In the moment, that freaks you out. Yeah, and the second she does, Anna's all like, 
What do you mean you thought I was dead? Delenn didn't tell you I was alive. Delenn knew I was alive. Oh, you trusted her? Just Mm. takes that axe and starts to wedge them apart immediately. And nothing grinds Sheridan's gears quite like being manipulated. And you can tell immediately because the first thing they do is go down to med lab to be all like, okay, well, you're getting checked the fuck out. Yeah. I mean, there's this is the logical first step, at least, right? <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. We've got to get this checked out. So we go to theme, and back from theme, Jakar has found some nuclear weapons. Yeah, just some nukes. Just a few. Just a, a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. It's like 50 but- or something, right? It's... It's kind yeah, of it's a like lot. 50 or 60 nukes from the Gaim. Uh-huh. These uh, are like special nukes. They're not going to show up on scanners. Yeah. Extra powerful. And uh, he's showing these off to Ivana. Uh, of course she's thrilled. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> really weird that they'd bring up these nukes and then just turn away and not bring it up for the rest of the episode, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Weird place setting. <laughs> I feel like that for later. Right. I the, normally JMS, I don't want to call this sloppy, mm-hmm. but having this scene in this episode is mm-hmm. a little like it's un it's it's not his style. I feel like we should have gotten this at a Z minus four. Which by the way, where the hell was the Z minus in this episode? Oh, I thought, mm, you know, I thought I was writing those down and I didn't write one down. So, hmm, yeah, maybe same. there wasn't. <laughs> there, I don't think there was a Z minus in this one. I guess it's just Z now. We're there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, sloppy is not the word I would use. I have a different word for it, but I'm going to save that till the rating. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fair. So after this, by the way, so we go down to Metal Lab after we hear about the nukes. And Franklin is checking out Anna. Mm-hmm. And it's only been two days since he was stuck in a wheelchair and forced to delegate. And he is now actively moving around med lab with a cane and doing everything himself all over again. Huh. Hmm. I wonder how well that lesson stuck. <laughs> yeah. Go to therapy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope he's seeing the chief counseling officer or whatever. Off screen yeah. somewhere. Yeah, so he th- he's confirms this is Anna, right? Mm-hmm. As far as he can yeah, tell. Yeah, the DNA matches. Right. You know, everything, every check that he can run, he's like, I've got a couple more tests, but it's it's not looking like it's going to be easy pickings here. This isn't just a hard no. This yeah. is Anna. Yeah, there there's this thing maybe on her neck. I got to look at it a little closer. Back of her neck, yeah. kind of weird. I don't know, but some weird seems scars. Fine. Yeah. So after this, Sheridan goes and talks with the land while Anna's still getting checked out, and he is pretty upset. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> if she knew that his wife was possibly still alive, just even the slightest possibility, and then entered into a relationship with him, mm-hmm. there's definitely some unethical implication there on Delenn. And Delenn's like, look, they either killed her or she volunteered. Either way, that's not your wife no more. Yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. Uh, Yeah. I think Bruce Boxleitner did a really bang up job in this episode. I wrote that down pretty early Mm -hmm. with his emotions around these two ladies, especially around dead wife. Yeah. It was all really good, really believable. And, you know, I think one of the things Delenn says is that part of the reason they didn't even entertain the idea that Anna could be alive is that she and Kosh were both afraid that he would take off and go to Zaha Doom. And they both know for some reason that he should not go to Zaha Doom, right? Yeah, and... He's been told he can't go to Zaha Doom enough that when it comes up this time, he pulls out his phone, buys a Delta Comfort Plus ticket one way to Zaha Doom immediately. Next stop, Zaha Doom. In his mind. Like, he is going and he is going to be comfy for the ride there. He has already decided, if I can't go there, I must go there. It is a ball. I'm a five-year-old and you have told me no. 
Yeah. And he's not the kind of man who can accept mysteries in life and that mm-hmm. some things don't have answers. And he knows his answers are on Zahadoom. I mean, yep. he's got to get him. He's got to get him. Delenn owns up that Anna basically cannot be the same. No one leaves yeah. Zahadoom unchanged. Yeah. I wonder if that's foreshadowing. <laughs> hmm. Hmm, anyway, he's right pissed too. about this whole thing. Yeah. There's one there's one cute little line that I just want to call out, which is Delenn says she loves him. And if he never believes another word that she says to believe that. Yeah, that is that very was cute. nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But speaking of people who are pissed. Yeah, not the only one. Yeah. Wando is a little bit distraught at being promoted. Not he's happy. Not happy about it. Yeah. He's talking to Veer. And he's mm-hmm. had a messenger or, or, you know, some sort of message that the royal court wants him to be an advisor. He's been mm-hmm. promoted. Yep. And he's just like, well, one, I should have gotten this job 20 years ago when I was young enough to enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I, I, get, I, I don't know. I Part of me feels like that's skeezy as fuck. Like, that's yeah. a really skeezy comment to me. But also... I have said that about a job that I've had in the past because I was I spent five years traveling around the country for work. Yeah. And I did that in my mid to late 20s. Mm-hmm. And it was a great time to do that. You know, when I did not have any kind of real obligations tying me to an area, I got to just go and explore and stay in cities over the weekend when I wasn't working and just like see America on the company dime. And I'm mm-hmm. super fortunate I was able to do that. And if I were to do that job, now, you know, I'm a couple years away from 40. I would not have the same experience. I would right. go home or I'd go to my hotel room and sleep and I'd come home on the weekends. And I'm sure I'd do some stuff sometimes, but not nearly to the level that I did when I was younger. And so maybe I should give Londo the benefit of the doubt, but maybe I should remember that Londo is a fucking genocider and we can't. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, it's very it entitled is. to say, I should have had this 20 years ago, you know. Yeah. Well, you, you for didn't sure. for some reason. Huh. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then while they're having this discussion, alluding that Londo is going to have to go home to this entire home world at some point, mm-hmm. a mysterious guy shows up mm-hmm. and says, so hey, mysterious. if you want to live, you should get off this station. Yeah. We have mutual associates, and Veer's just all like, Morden and Lando's like, who the fuck else? Yeah. <laughs> There's one person we call an associate on this damn show. <laughs> <laughs> right? Human dressed in all black without a Psycorp in? Must be Morden. Yeah. <laughs> Must be Shadows somehow, yeah. Franklin finds something in Anna's brain scans, which we get really quick before it moves on. And uh, then we cut over to Anna who basically says that her old self is dead without saying it exactly. She's like, look, I'm doing important work on Zaha Doom. I'm going back. Anything that remains between it, like there's, I'm not staying on Babylon five with you. I need you to come back with me to have this meeting. And that's all she's really interested in talking about. Yeah. Yeah. She's very flippant about having been on Zaha Doom for so long without messaging her husband seeing her husband like if anna was unchanged right Mm -hmm. and she had just stayed on zaha doom and not called sheridan at all this whole time like dude that is not your wife (laughs) like even if she hasn't been manipulated by shadows like who does that Mm -hmm. who does that yeah yeah she's like there is no conversation that exists in her mind that is about them getting back together. Mm-hmm. Like that is not an option that her mind is considered or something that she's interested in talking about. That's done. The, their marriage is dead and she does not make any pretense to save it. She's all like, you need to come back to Saha doom to hear what my bosses have to say to you. Yeah. Not even to come stay with me because my work is so important and I can't leave it behind you know, or to come join this work. That's not what she says at all. You know, that's yeah. not what the interest is. Yeah. And it's not come with me because I love you. Like there's no, 
Yeah. That would be lies. I mean, <laughs> it would yeah. be lies at this point. But Sheridan is starting to crack, but he's not going to go with her without some answers first. Yeah. So we get a little bit of backstory on what actually happened with interplanetary expeditions and the Icarus. We learned the source of the location of Zaha Doom wasn't a probe, as we had heard in a previous episode, uh-huh. but rather a beacon that they had placed on the shadow ship on Mars that we saw back in season two. Yeah. Garibaldi told us about this ship, at least, right? Yeah. And that he and Sinclair happened to see it, both of them. Mm-hmm. When they were stationed on Mars. Yeah. Yeah. She says that an accident killed the crew of the Icarus. Yeah. And some kind of accident killed a thousand people. Yeah. So not everyone died, obviously, because she's here, right? But uh, mm-hmm. killed some of them. They got to basically just stay and study the shadow technology yeah. in exchange for not contacting anybody and mm-hmm. playing dead. After this, we cut over to Sheridan's office. He gives Garibaldi a reason to get the crew off of the White Star and some miscellaneous tasks, which Garibaldi puts together immediately. Son of a bitch. Yeah. And he's just like going over this list. It's all like, make sure no one gets back on the White Star after, until this time. Mm-hmm. Sure, whatever. Make sure that Delenn gets this message in case, you know, I don't get a chance to record or whatever make sure two nukes end up on the whites and he's like what (laughs) this is a lot of trust a lot of trust between garibaldi and sheridan here yes and the, the the story of their ability to trust each other this is the first like Remember the first time you were on a roller coaster? Maybe. <laughs> and it started it started pulling you up. Mm-hmm. And like you have that moment of anticipation knowing that this something's happening and like you have a general idea of what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. the exact motion of it is still foreign to you. Yeah. That is this moment. That moment on the roller coaster as you start to get pulled up the first time. And this moment with the two of them and the trust, it's that same moment. And the ride that the relationship that is these two is about mm-hmm. to take. Yeah. Starts moving. Mm-hmm. Garibaldi takes the list and he agrees. Yeah. And then when they see each other again, they're going to talk about the weather. If it was all done. Yeah. Yeah. That's the code word. Sheridan starts getting ready as the ghost of Kashmir's past reminds him that he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> as if he could forget this. Everyone keeps right. telling him, you're going to go to, Z- if you go to Zaha Doom, you're going to die. He's not only heard it from Kosh, he's heard it from future mm-hmm. Delenn too. Mm-hmm. And I would think future Delenn would have a pretty good handle on that. <laughs> it's her yeah. past. Right. Well, she doesn't say he's going to die clearly. And he knows that he's in the future, so he must survive. Well, yeah, okay, okay. But she did tell him, don't go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, she tells him don't go, and we find out why in a couple of episodes. But also, he, of course, as all humans do in this sort of thing, when you're confronted Mm -hmm. with that sort of time travel, past, future, what happens, says, Mm -hmm. well... Well, what if it all happened because I listened to her and didn't go to Zaha Doom? So I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, she would she would have said go to Zaha Doom then yeah. <laughs> if she had figured it all out. <laughs> yeah. There's something else. But that's <sighs> Time fine. Travel. He gets on the White Star with Anna and they head out. And then dramatically after he leaves, Franklin reveals that he found something wrong with Anna's scans. And also Sheridan knows there's something wrong with Anna's scans. Like this was communicated to him before. Yeah. We saw at the end of like his conversation with Anna, a screen that showed Mm -hmm. the two brain images or whatever. So Mm -hmm. we know it was in his hands. 
Yeah. Sheridan and Anna make it to the Shadow's base. She takes his gun as they head underground, but we know he packed two. Uh, we saw him pack a second gun already. Yeah. And they enter the room with Justin and Mr. Morden. Sheridan asks Justin, who are you? And yeah, it's great he like because it. he just refuses to answer that specific question. He mm-hmm. dances around it and doesn't answer it at all. It's great. It's just like he's uh, he says a bunch of cryptic shit. And then he's like, uh-huh. oh, but you can call me Justin. Yeah, it makes him visibly uncomfortable to be asked this question. Just like it was visibly uncomfortable for Anna to be on a partially Vorlon ship. Yes. Yeah, she did not like it. She voiced it a couple of times, mm-hmm. I think, that she was not comfortable here. Yeah. And she didn't even try the bed. Right. <laughs> So, point of order here. Mm-hmm. How long do you think they're on the White Star together? Yeah, that we don't really get a sense of that, do we? Like, how long it takes to get from Babylon 5 to Zahadum. It happens very fast. I feel like this is why we lost our Z-minuses. Because uh-huh. we were at Z-minus two days when Anna showed up. Right. They can't be on the station together more than 12 okay. hours. Yeah. Top, yeah, like they don't go to bed, you know, uh-huh. there's no sleeping. It's the same. Di- she shows up at midnight or whatever, and mm-hmm. they get on that ship before the end of that day. Yeah, totally. So that means we are Z minus a day and a half mm-hmm. of travel, just hanging out with Anna on the White Star for a day and a half. It's so strange to me that if that's if this is true, that. Zahadum and the site of his wife's demise was a day and a half away this whole time. And Sheridan I mean, hyperspace was never tempted travel is to fast, go. But yeah, it's like, I know that there's like a consistent set of traveling that the okay. show pretty much adheres to. But at the same time, it's traveling through hyperspace. JMS has been all like, it's different on purpose because hyperspace changes. So it's like, he's gonna, it's like he set up the thing of it for his own plot convenience so that he wouldn't have to worry about being told by nerds. He was wrong the whole time. Yeah. So, so good on him (laughs) for that foresight. Having been to a Star Trek convention before making this show clearly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) having sat in the room where people were asking those questions at a Star Trek convention before. But yeah, it's like a day and a half. And like, that has to be the most awkward car ride ever. Oh, yeah. With someone (laughs) who is like clearly uncomfortable with and disdaining your car. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that you don't know what they are anymore. And Yeah. yeah, it's a whole thing. It's so awkward. Anyways, back to where we were. Justin gives this whole speech. I I tuned it out. It sounded like boomer shit. Delenn gets her message from Sheridan, uh, who notes that his experience in the future from before. And as we aforementioned, you know, maybe we can avoid this thing. And just Mm -hmm. like the raw bravado (laughs) to just be like, well, past me fucked up. Well, future me fucked up. And future you told me that past me fucked up. But I'm going to do better this time. <laughs> yeah, the hubris. <laughs> right. Okay, Sheridan. Good luck. Uh, yeah. We cut back to Zaha Doom, and both Justin and Morden are like trying to justify the shadows' position. You know, the, the Vorlons and the shadows were the races that stayed behind after a bunch of older races moved on. They were supposed to shepherd these younger races into something better, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, this is the worst Ayn Rand timeshare pitch in history. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted his blender, and he's stuck listening to this for six hours, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the shadow... Yeah, right. The shadows are just like, we're just weeding the garden of life, or whatever genocidal sociopaths tell themselves to sleep at night. I feel like this has come up in human history before. Mm-hmm. Yikes. They, yeah. they say basically that their, they, uh, their philosophy is to make others stronger by conflict. Yeah. 
very dark. Let them kill off the weakest and the strongest will flourish. And that's <laughs> that's not how any of this works. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you take 20 minutes to think about survival in a, of the fittest in mm-hmm. any regard that isn't specifically like hunter prey kind of like who's the best at catching dinner style the second you bring civilization into it the entire thing goes out the window it has no legs to stand on whatsoever and when you then when you start factoring in things like weapons of mass destruction or guns the 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 vacuum of space like all of these things are immediately out the window survival of the fittest has not applied to civilization in thousands of years and will continue not to and it's just like there are lots of situations where cooperation trumps strength every time yeah i'm trying to think of something i said earlier not even on this podcast but i think it might have been on my old podcast draft the universe i said that thanos has the understanding of a 15 year old who read the dust jacket of the tragedy of the commons. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the shadows have the understanding of a 15 year old who read the dust jacket of Darwin. Like it's just absurd. Like they, they, they heard a thing and they thought they made a connection and they've decided to base their entire civilization around it without questioning whether or not it was a good idea in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Duh. It reminds me of something I heard once that Economics 101 has done a terrible amount of damage in our country in the last you know couple of decades. Everybody yeah. takes Economics 101 and they think they understand economics. And <sighs> yeah. Here yeah, you, you spend 10 minutes learning about Malthus and you think you're a fucking expert. And you're like, oh, well, disease and war will just happen to bring the population down it's like no you're you're a fucking idiot you're, you missed the point entirely congratulations yeah that's the shadows <laughs> that's the shadows <sighs> oh god i could rant about people who think they understand economics but don't for i, I i've done can. it for days days <laughs> i've spent days of my life doing this and i will for the rest of my life such as the curse of actually studying economics <laughs> But on Babylon 5, we have a shadow (laughs) fleet that has descended all of a sudden, detected in CNC. Yeah, they just show up. They're just here to hang. They got the invite, you know, it's 419. They know it's going down. They're just ready to hang out, you know? (laughs) Like, we just showed up a minute early, no bigs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Big panic in CNC. Yeah, they are not happy about this. They are they are fucked and they know it. Mm-hmm. They try reaching out to draw, but they can't get through. Yeah, Just... that's. I'm glad we brought that up because draw should be draw should, <laughs> draw be, should here, be right firing from from the planet right now. <laughs> yeah, draw should should know that they're in distress, right? Even if they can't reach him, especially if they can't reach him, right? He can see yeah. the shadows right there. I think Drawl can kind of see everything. And right. so I think the reason Drawl doesn't act is because he knows it's okay. Oh, he knows that Sheridan's on Zaha Doom. Yeah, he knows that this is the backup plan right now and that what he yeah. knows that he knows that Sheridan's got the nukes. He knows Sheridan's plan. He is I don't think he is concerned for Babylon five, and that's why he doesn't just fire. Okay. Okay. That that I will buy that. I'll take some headcanon there. The time chair pitch continues. The Vorlons are fascists, which, yes, 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 they are. But <laughs> just because you're fighting fascists, actually, uh, which which cameras pointed at Stalin and Dick Cheney right now? I want to I want to make sure they hear this. Just because you're fighting fascists doesn't mean you're not a piece of shit. <laughs> it, these two things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just just because you don't like the fascist doesn't mean that you aren't a fascist or mm-hmm. a genocider or mm-hmm. a terrible sad excuse for existence. Yeah. You can you can be fighting fascists and also be a fascist like I can. Yes. <laughs> Lots of fascists fight fascists. They're competition. 
Good point. So the Vorlons have been unfairly manipulating this this process, and chaos evolution is this better idea, according to Mr. Morton. Mm-hmm. They know about the Vorlons seeding telepaths around, yeah, uh, which we learned about in book club specifically the the actual process of that, and uh, yeah, they've they've decided to get into that, so they've confirmed yeah. that they have a presence. In Psychor, they've decided to turn yep. these weapons the Vorlons were creating against them. The Shadows are like, Sheridan, we just want you to get everyone to stop playing nice. Because then humanity will win. And that's what you care about, right? Humanity winning? Humanity's a grace that shows great promise. So just let all these other weaker races fight it out. Yeah, some humans will die in the war, but whatever. You know, you all fight amongst yourselves. You'll be fine. Yeah, we, we can't just kill you. Because yeah. if we the killed land will you, take your place. <laughs> yeah, the the kill the whole martyr thing. Kill Marcus. I'm gonna kill Lanier. Like the list goes on. <laughs> yeah, we need you to go back and sow discord instead. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't just uh, become a martyr here. Yeah. And Sheridan's pretty pissed. I mean, yeah. This this whole episode is Sheridan being in an emotional state of some kind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rightfully so. So he plays his hand. Look, I know that's not Anna. I know she was put into a shadow ship. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I know way more than you think I know. And yeah. Just like I know this shadow is sneaking up on me right now, and he grabs his pistol and starts blasting. Anyway, I started blasting. Yeah, Justin tried to tell him that she chose poorly. <laughs> so at least he can, you know, go out knowing that the real Anna did not want to serve the shadows. And so this is literally yeah. just her body. And the person he loved didn't dramatically change other than dying. Yeah. She didn't betray him. Which is a dramatic change. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely a dramatic change, but she didn't betray him. She didn't betray what he thought she was and the person that she was. So that's got to be some sort of comfort, right? Mm -hmm. We cut over to Jakar, who tells us that two nukes are missing. So we can cut back over to Sheridan, who's a fucking wreck. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know what, like, what was the fight like? What is the I, implication here? Yeah. Did he just, like, fight off at least a shadow, like, an actual shadow, like, that was crawling up on him with its giant knife hands? Did he, like, uh-huh. fight that thing off? Presumably Anna, Morden, and Justin. Uh-huh. Like, he had to get all, he had to get away from all four of them with yeah. a, with a pistol. And he was surrounded. Yeah. Did he like get to beat Morden's ass this time? Did he looks like he that? was in a physical fight. Like he yeah. is he is not just br- bloodied, he is bruised. Like there's been he has been punched like shit has happened. Uh yeah. but he made it out alive and he finds the Shadow City. He calls down the White Star, activates the nukes right as this message tells Delenn that he loves her. And just before the giant or just before the white star hits the giant skylight in the bathroom, Kasha's voice tells John to jump. Mm-hmm. So he does into the giant pit as the nukes go off on Zaha doom. What a fucking sequence. Yeah, this is good. It's this so good. Really they put good. it in the theme for next year. <laughs> yeah. Iconic. If you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. This sequence is just like, what a move. <laughs> that piece of kosh that Lita detected and said, hey, there might still be mm-hmm. a piece somewhere. That really came in handy, didn't it? It did. And this is the last of it, too, yeah. I think. I mean, we haven't watched. I haven't watched in a season four in a while. Uh, yeah. You know, it's been been a couple of years. It um, seems a logical way to go out. I mean, even kosh is like. He says something along the lines of, when you go to Zaha Doom, well, I'll be with you, but that will be the end of me. Yeah, okay. Like, I will go, this piece of me will live in you, effectively, and it's going to die at Zaha Doom. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It would have been a nice touch if we could have worked in something about either Anna or the other two, Morden and Justin, like, feeling uncomfortable in some way. Like, Around they him. could kind of feel Kosh and makes them not happy i would vibe with that 
if they weren't so anti-telepath. Like, I think the way you would have done it is if Bester had shown up between Kosh dying and Sheridan going, and when he, like, was in the room with Sheridan, like, Sheridan, like, was glowing or something. Like, there was something different about him that he, like, physically saw. Not, like, an active scan, which would set off a whole other conversation, but, like, if we had had a scene where we had, like, seen Sheridan through Bester's eyes and he was, like, glowing or something, yeah, I think that could have been... Bester says Maybe something had wings, about hmm. like angel wings or something. Like you can do some a couple yeah. things with it to make him look a little more Vorlani. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyways, the shadow ships retreat, and Ivanova takes it as a sign that Sheridan is dead. Uh, the only yeah. reason they would leave leave is if we're no longer a threat. Yeah. Oh. And then Jakar gives us our end of the year wrap up. It's the end of twenty two sixty. My favorite line of this is it's, the universe is holding its breath. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Corwin can't raise the White Star. Turns out mm-hmm. one one of the fighters that scrambled to try to save Babylon Five from all those shadow ships didn't come back, mm-hmm. and it was Mister Garibaldi. Yep, and we see him in a shadow, like we see his starfighter in a shadow ship. Yeah, not a good sign. And no. uh, then we end on the smoking crater of Zahadum with a couple of shadow ships flying around assessing mm-hmm. the situation perhaps so very bleak way to end a season yeah I mean the name of the season was point of no return feels like we hit a couple of those and this episode is for sure one of them mm-hmm. yeah well you had teased us a little <laughs> bit at the start with a hint as to your rating of this episode yeah. And so I'd really like to hear your rating of this episode on a scale of Babylon's one to five. Well, before I put numbers on it, Ooh. <laughs> specifically, I said that sloppy was not the word I would use for a specific part of this episode, right? A word I would use for this episode is rushed. It Everything feels that way. felt rushed. And when you know the context of what was going on with the show, and we think we're not going to get a fifth season. So had that started to... at this point? I thought it had. Okay. I thought I'm not hundred percent that... sure. I'd believe it, but it does. The episode definitely felt the pacing was not as solid as some other ones. Yeah. It feels like we were cramming too much story into this spot. Yeah. But I also don't feel like this needs to be a two parter. Um, I feel like this episode needed 10 minutes, like, like five, 10 more 10 minutes. minutes. Okay. Yeah, and it would have been great. But that was a lot harder to do back in the day. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, in the streaming world, we can just tack on another 10 minutes. Who cares what? Whatever. Yeah. Who who cares how long the episode is? Yeah. You're not shortchanging any advertisers. You're not running into the next show. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. But I don't know. I, I do feel like I needed more than one episode with Anna Sheridan. Yeah, I feel like we could have established her a little bit better and and maybe had a little more like mystery about what happened to her. Is she really real? Is she not real? Like we get kind of like 20 minutes of that and then we Mm -hmm. know exactly what's going on. I felt like there could have been a little more with Anna. I agree with you about the nukes. Like maybe the nukes could have been planted a little earlier. Um, If we'd had Mm -hmm. two episodes, we could have kind of done that. Yeah. The way I remember this story, this part of the story, I almost do remember it like it was more than one episode. A little bit longer on Zaha Doom even could have been interesting. Like all of that kind of comes down to maybe another 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, maybe you could cut a little bit of stuff out of and the rock cried out no hiding place. You know, get get something about the nukes there before Jakar leaves, maybe. Yeah, maybe he okay. can't have those if he knows he's going to Homeworld. That might add a complication to things. Hmm. Whatever, you could figure that out. You know, do that. Move a couple things out of there. Maybe cut a little bit out of the Franklin walkabout stuff to just get like a little bit of breathing room at the end of the episode. And then when Sher- when Anna shows when Anna Sheridan shows up, 
do a little bit more with it, move that conversation from the start of this episode and the flashback stuff to the end of that episode. Mm-hmm. And then get yourself a little bit more space in this one to do a couple of things. But I mean, yeah, that, I we're mean, playing 3D chess now. Like it's all yeah. over the place. There's all kinds of considerations to be made. And so. and we have the benefit of like storytelling has changed in 30 years. So because of this show. So yeah. we can only give it so much shit. Yeah. Yeah. So all that said, like, I feel like it was rushed. I wish certain parts of it had been a little more, but this is still a very solid episode. I don't know if I can give it five out of five because I have those criticisms that like, I wish there was more, but it's definitely four out of five for me. I mean, it's solid. Yeah. No, I had it at a four and a half. It's a great episode. I really would have liked to have seen the fight with Sheridan and the three of them in the shadow. Yeah. But that's my only real like heavy complaint. And maybe that was, you know, we had the giant action sequence a couple episodes ago with the big shadow fleet fight. So maybe you didn't want to do another one so soon. Maybe they couldn't afford to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, it's the end of the season. So you, you know how many CGI dollars you've got left. So maybe it was a budgeting thing. I don't know. It just felt a little off out of like that scene. But besides that, four and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's our season. It is. So what do we have coming up? Well, we've got a couple things. Listener, if you've been with us since the beginning or gone back and are listening through, you'll know that we have a little bit of a different cadence when we get to the end of the season than our normal episodes. We're not going to go straight into season four, episode one. We're going to do a season three recap mm-hmm. next week. The week after, we're going to have a book club, which is going to be the Psychor Trilogy book two. We're then going to take two weeks off for our, our own sanity. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> editing catch up and to give us a little bit more leeway with the baby. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Gonna need that, that that's, that's our excuse this time. We only get we only get to use that the once, but we take two weeks off at the end of every season anyways. Mm-hmm. And then after those four weeks between the two episodes and the two weeks of break, we'll be back with season four, episode one, which is Hour of the Wolf. But I'll read the episode description after book yeah. club. Leave us hanging, just like this cliffhanger <laughs> at the end of the season did. Although, did you look at on your, I guess you're on Voodoo, right? Yes. Did you look at the episodes on Voodoo? Does it have the air dates on all of your episodes? I have no idea. Okay. Because we noticed on, we're watching on iTunes or, or the Apple yeah. TV, whatever you call it these days, that the air dates for... End of season three, beginning of season four, we're remarkably close together. Really? Yeah. And I guess I should have Googled it before I sat down here, but I'm going to do it now and try to figure out if that was right. Because it was like season three, this episode was like October of 1996, yeah. and the next one was in November of 1996. Weird. I'm going to Google That's it now. That's real tight. If they if it was that tight, then that would check out with the uh, the counting clock of the show, and the whole season four thing. Yes. Okay. I'm confirming it. I'm looking on the Babylon Five fandom wiki. Zaha Doom season three episode twenty twenty two, first aired October twenty eighth nineteen ninety six. The Hour of the Wolf season four episode one, November fourth nineteen ninety six. Wow. Yeah. That's not how I remember TV working in the 90s, but I was a child. <laughs> see, January to October for season one, November to August for season two, November to September for season three, November to October for season four, and then January to November for season five. Mm-hmm. So they must have been taking long breaks in between airings at that point. Because that's like, that's not running an episode every week, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, you're having to skip. Yeah, I'm sure there's some Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at it. So I just pulled up all the dates. So War Without End Part 2, May 20th. Walkabout, okay. September 30th. Yeah. Interesting. Um, although it did air in August 18th in the UK. So that's that's your big jump right there. So they probably saved these episodes to start the next one. Yeah. Run it all together. Break. 
Because yeah, it's it's October twenty eighth to November fourth. That's that's next week. Yeah, <laughs> that week. So apart. they just so they just end effectively. They ended the season at War Without End, and then you had to wait your five months for the last five episodes. Oh, that's some real Sci Fi Channel shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I just I was a child at that time, so I didn't have the context of like why the network would be doing these things or even what they were doing. Like you just hear, oh, well, it's going to be a while. It's all over the place. It just goes to show you how spoiled we are now with this, the streaming environment where sometimes things will drop all at once. Yeah. There's a few of the networks that are stringing some things out, like, you know, new Star Treks are one a week and when HBO Max is doing a Game of Thrones one a week. But we're really spoiled with all these shows that drop all at once and then these podcasts that record every week you know what else we're really spoiled with Mm -hmm. our lovely theme music from jeremy siegel we really are yeah yeah you can find more of jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com also on the spotify a nuclear jaguar has the march album dropped yet it has not not at the time um, of recording, but it will be out before this episode. I am certain. I'm sure. Yeah. As, as if it if it's if it's happening, I haven't talked to Jeremy about it because uh, my I Facebook friend request Facebook. is still pending. Jeremy, oh, <laughs> I'll say something. <laughs> <laughs> but I I did actually I sat down with both the albums the other day and they're great. I really liked them a lot. I really like there it is an ebb and flow off January. It was really good. And I know March so keep is up in the process because I have seen some postings about it. So okay, March will cool. be out. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, also, we're spoiled with great podcast artwork from Angry Duck Time Machine mm-hmm. on Instagram. Thank you, Angry Duck Time Machine. Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast and putting up with our collective bullshit. Really appreciate you. We do. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you to you <laughs> listeners for also listening and putting up with our collective bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> We couldn't appreciate you more. We really appreciate everything you guys do in the community. Who are you B5 at gmail.com. You can shoot us an email. You can find us on Twitter, but if you follow us, know that I will look at your Twitter and then ban you. If you post a bunch of uh, turf shit that happened this week. <laughs> oh no. Unfortunate. <laughs> I, I got no problem saying my pot, this podcast like is not for you. Like yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine liking a podcast on twitter and then getting blocked by them but we do it <laughs> <laughs> don't post hateful shit on the internet it's not hard people yeah it's <sighs> but here we are the discord's where it's at love our discord community and yeah we'll see you all next week for our season three recap all right bye bye internet bye